Chapter Twenty of Making Fate by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty: Questions Needing Answers. Let us rejoice that we have a God who is always ready to hear," said Mister Maxwell, as the solemn silence having continued for some minutes, they arose from their knees. This has been a very trying ordeal to you," he added kindly i did not realize that she was so near death or i would not have left you asked marjorie in an awe-stricken voice her face almost as pale as that of the silent woman on the bed the pulse has stopped with her last breath she said for christ's sake let us hope that she is even now in his visible presence life here had certainly no joy for her and but little hope there is nothing more that we can do miss edmonds but i think we must remain until the doctor comes there are no neighbors to whom we can appeal the doctor must surely come in a few minutes even while he spoke there was the merry jingle of bells coming to a halt before the door at the same moment the back door opened and a woman with a shawl over her head appeared how is she she asked nodding to marjorie as she spoke i've been gone all day and i couldn't help kind of worrying about her she seemed so low and miserable this morning oh mercy you don't say she is gone dear dear i was afraid of it and yet i didn't think it would be so sudden or i would have let the dollar go poor as i am and stayed with her and she has been alone here all day i suppose poor young thing it seems awful cruel doesn't it but there what else could we do poor folks has to work and i thought i could afford to get some extra bits of comfort for her with this day's work oh no ma'am she ain't nothing to me except that i'm her next-door neighbor and i've tried to do for her as well as i could i've looked in every morning before i went away and every night when i came back and saturdays and odd times i've took hold and helped do up her bit of work i felt sorry for her on account of her being so young and so sick and having such a worthless husband she mourned for him so that's just what has broke her down she ain't seen a sight of him now for three or four days by and by he will come snivelling home and go on at the greatest rate because she is gone and he did nothing for her while she was here i ain't no patience with them kind of men jack would be a decent fellow too if he could let the whiskey alone it is that awful whiskey that makes such times for poor folks ma'am and then to see decent people helping the trade along that beats me well we'll do everything we can for her now she's gone that's mr maxwell isn't it i thought i knew him he's been awful good to her been here time and again brought her oranges and things and coal and once he built up a fire with his own hands and he's talked and prayed with her and everything he's a saint that man is if ever there was one i'm glad he was here to-day i wonder if he knows anything about jack dr potter suddenly turning her attention to the physician to whom a single glance at the bed had revealed the condition of things he was drawing on his gloves again while he exchanged a few words with mr maxwell dr potter don't you know where we could find jack taylor 
you know him don't you that good-for-nothing fellow who is always drunk nowadays when he isn't at home sleeping off the effects he ain't been home for almost a week that's what has run her down so but he ought to be looked up now for decency's sake if we could get him sober enough for the funeral it seems as if it would kind of comfort her the doctor had no information or advice to give beyond the suggestion that they see some of the distillery men from snyder's he had heard that jack taylor was hanging around there trying to get work again though he had been twice discharged they ought to keep him said the woman significantly he begun this thing out there was as nice a fellow as ever i see till he went to work for them they might finish up their work i think there wouldn't be any need for their business anyhow if it wasn't for the drunkards or those who are travelling that road as fast as they can then while the doctor made haste away she turned her attention to mr maxwell that gentleman however cut her short in the midst of a sentence and did much of the talking himself he spoke low so that marjorie could not catch a word save that as he turned away she heard him say i will come to-morrow morning and give you any further help you may need i think you understand that you are to do whatever is needful yes said the woman nodding her head there was an undercurrent of satisfaction in her voice which it was impossible not to note i understand and i thank you kindly too i was troubled to see how we could give her decent burial and we so poor all of us and him so shiftless and worthless it is very good of you and we won't forget it she was too much of a lady to be buried by the town they was a nice young couple once mr maxwell a woman i used to work for used to know her before she was married she says she come of a good family and they didn't want her to marry jack but she would and they kind of got out with her and now they are gone father and mother both but jack was sober enough when she married him had been sober for quite a spell and she thought she could keep him from drinking any more just as lots of women folks do it is queer how one after another we women make exactly the same blunder and no one learns from the last one that good woman loves to talk mr maxwell said with a faint smile as he helped marjorie to her seat in the sleigh but her heart is in the right place silence for a few minutes then he added with a heavy sigh the woman is right miss edmonds day after day and year after year the tragedy goes on being played before our eyes woman after woman grave after grave not only women but little children sacrificed to our moloch and the christian world looks on and sometimes sighs and oftener smiles and lets it go sometimes i get so wrought up about this liquor business that it seems to me impossible to live longer in a country which permits it i wonder that the victims do not lose their reason and rise in protest a strike of the wives of drunkards miss edmonds a riot made up of the wives and children and mothers who are victims of the saloon can you imagine it the connection might not have been plain to all persons but despite her effort to put the thought away there arose before marjorie just then the image of a bookkeeper in a distillery 
what had he to do with jack taylor the drunkard who had broken his wife's heart he was merely a bookkeeper and bookkeeping every one knows is legitimate employment new year's day was over at last and marjorie was in her room alone free to go over all its varied experiences and let her face flush and pale and her heart tremble if it would without fear of being watched and commented upon mr maxwell had been very thoughtful of her during that homeward drive shielding her as much as possible even from her mother we struck sorrow in one of its most desolating forms he explained and your daughter has been tried in strength and nerves then after giving her a very brief account of what had taken place he began to question her in regard to the old lady to whom she had ministered leaving no room for questions upon her part concerning the tragedy they two had lived through when glyde joined them the way was easier she was in a high state of excitement and enthusiasm they had had wonderful times she and the children it had been so delightful to wash their faces and comb their hair and make changes in their dresses which amazed them it had been such fun to sweep the room and clear off the shelf and put everything in order even to the washing of the few poor dishes and they had set the table with dainty things which the baskets furnished and gotten everything ready for the mother's homecoming then to see that mother's face when she finally came that was beyond even glyde's descriptive powers she had never had such an experience in her life before she knew now just what she would like to do in the world didn't they have city missionaries or town missionaries in some places whose duty it was to go around among the people and do just such things she had read of them she thought wouldn't it be possible for her to get some such work to do didn't they pay salaries for such work she wouldn't want any pay now of course but if she should take it up for a life work one wouldn't want much just enough to buy very plain clothes and a little food every day how perfectly delightful it would be to give one's whole time to work like that mr maxwell entered heartily into her enthusiasm helped her plans along by suggesting ways out of difficulties which presented themselves to her mind and evolved new plans by his very questions it is true he thought that it would be necessary for her to wait until she was a little older but he assured her soothingly that time was a very fast traveller and that some morning before she knew it she would awaken old enough to take such work upon her shoulders she argued that point with him a little why did everybody persist in thinking her so young she was nineteen nearly as old as marjorie who everybody knew was a young lady while they spoke of her as a little girl that was simply because she had two older sisters who themselves considered her a child but why should she wait to be old children would like her better as she was and it was the children she wanted to reach she wanted to tell them stories such stories as would help them why they were startlingly ignorant those children with whom she had been visiting they knew almost nothing of the bible and their ideas of god were really shocking it was true mr maxwell said gravely 
home missionaries were needed in just that line and in the very town in which she lived perhaps she could do something in a small way even while she was so young but there were difficulties to be considered in many families where the children were in sore need it would not be safe for a young lady to visit for instance he would hardly have left her where he did had he not been quite sure that the husband and father who lived just next door was not at home and would not be during the day sometimes it was very unsafe for a stranger and a lady to be in the neighborhood when he was at home the trouble is miss douglas he said gravely that rum makes husbands and fathers and neighbors into wild animals sometimes it is that element in some form or other which renders it unsafe for young ladies to do a great many things which they might otherwise do it is however only too true that if it were not for rum a great deal of the work would not need to be done so the problem is complicated throughout these conversations mr maxwell almost pointedly left marjorie outside even answering for her once or twice when glyde appealed to her it was done in such a manner that she could not but understand him as planning rest for her overstrained nerves he by no means forgot her the slightest disarrangement of the robes which were carefully tucked about her was noticed and remedied on the instant and in a dozen little unobtrusive ways did he let her know that his thought was for her once he gave her the reins for a moment and bending forward rearranged the wrappings about her feet while he did so ralph bramlett's sleigh passed them and that young man glowered at him in a way that he would not have understood had he noticed it as for marjorie she missed the look mr maxwell was leaning forward in such a manner that she could not see who passed them alone in her room that evening she thought of those quiet attentions and was grateful she saw in them only added marks of his thoughtfulness for womanhood how gracious and courteous and kind he was always truly kind and truly good she realized it that evening as she had not before she told herself that it was pleasant to have such a man for a friend and that she would never forget all the kindnesses he had shown to her mother and herself then she turned her thoughts from him and allowed herself to gaze steadily at ralph bramlett for a few minutes realizing in the depths of her heart that it was a sort of farewell gaze it had now become very plain to her that he had settled his future when next she met estelle douglas she felt certain that she would have a story to tell which would prove the truth of this such being the case it should have something to do with those letters and gifts which she had decided long ago not to return that decision had not been reversed but she must keep them no longer since ralph bramlett belonged to another she had no right to treasure the tokens of his long friendship for her there was a cheery fire burning in her grate more for pleasure than necessity as the house was heated by furnace but it would serve her purpose well to-night she brought out the locked box and untied package after package to assure herself that nothing besides ralph's notes had by accident been included with them then not allowing herself to read so much as a page 
she consigned them one by one to the flames it was a slow grave piece of work as one might steadily and knowingly put away what had been part of one's very self not only letters but valentines pretty boyish ones which had come to her in the days when both were children and had spent hours in studying what selections to make for each other then there were dainty booklets ribbon tied two or three of them heart-shaped and there were cards with very special verses underscored some with verses written on the reverse side in ralph's own fine style he was a good penman and had always enjoyed doing especially fine work for marjorie's eyes these cards pretty as they were must be sacrificed to the flames even the underscored sentences were such as it would not do to have on exhibition now there were dried flowers half-blown rosebuds withered before their time and pressed violets by the handful the flames leaped up about them eagerly seeming to rejoice in this wholesome holocaust marjorie lingered over a photograph of ralph taken when he was just nineteen it was a boyish handsome face surely she might keep that people had photographs of their friends she held it long clasped it in both hands and considered the conclusion was that she leaned forward solemnly and laid it on the coals she would be true not only to herself but to that other woman who had a right to claim ralph now this could not be like other photographs standing about on easels on library tables or family room mantles to be handled and chatted over by friends this had memories and associations which could never be separated from it she did not want to keep it it was not hers any longer she did not hurry through any part of this work she was slow and grave more like a middle-aged woman who was taking a retrospective view of her long-ago past rather than a girl who was putting away what was so recent and vivid in truth ralph's management of this entire affair had removed him so far away from her and made the time seem so long that sometimes she almost thought it must be years since she had met him familiarly all the while she was at work there was in her mind a solemn undertone of feeling that there was something else something of infinitely more importance which must be considered she was not one who could get soon or lightly away from the experiences of that afternoon death in one of its most solemn forms had confronted her she had almost been alone with it she had realized its certainty as never before the thought had forced itself upon her heart that here was one who would be faithful no matter how long he delayed he was absolutely certain to come at last and he might appear at any moment how suddenly he had come to the woman whom she had watched die taking the miserable husband so utterly unawares that perhaps he did not even yet know that his wife had escaped from him forever for such an absolute certainty as this the merest common sense would suggest that one ought to be ready but there was more than this thought pressing upon her heart she felt alone dreary desolate in need of a friend such a friend as jesus christ seemed to be not only to mr maxwell but to glyde douglas 
the young girl who was maturing so rapidly and so sweetly under his guidance what must it be to have an ever-present friend to speak to as mr maxwell had spoken to the lord jesus that afternoon what must it be to be able to realize his help in trouble in little troubles as glyde had said as well as in the heavier ones which were weighing down her soul she believed in christianity she believed in the lord jesus christ as a personal saviour she knew there were people who had so accepted him and who lived in daily realization of his presence suppose that the great mass of those who professed this were merely church members as she had hinted to glide the other day what had that to do with her since there were some genuine christians must she needs to be a hypocrite or a worldling or a self-deceived professor in the depths of her heart she knew that from her childhood there had been an intention to some time give her mind to this subject and settle it for herself for the first time in her life this intention presented itself before her as something not much better than an insult so long as it was delayed was it possible that she could be the sort of person who would be willing to dally with such offers of love and help and care as this besides what utter folly it was could a reasonable being find one excuse for it that hour of death about which she had thought why not get ready for it that poor woman struggling for breath gasping out her wants in language almost unintelligible ought to have had no such serious business to attend to at that hour ought to have been ready moreover she might not have had even those few last moments in which to try to repair her lifetime of neglect the moment marjorie thought this that other thought about the insult of it all presented itself to her in a new form could anything be meaner than for a girl like herself for instance young and strong with such opportunity for work before her perhaps to deliberately put away the claims of this one who asked for allegiance now put them away until some hour when she should feel herself in sore need and then cry to him to give her what she had refused at his hands through the years imagine an earthly friend so treated marjorie's heart was very sore just then over earthly friendships she knew just how silence and coldness and indifference could sting was it a possible thing that jesus christ wanted her claimed her love would give her love in return and she had been treating his call not with scorn but with what was in some respects worse utter indifference how could she expect him to tarry much longer waiting for her why should she wait didn't she need him oh didn't she need him now could she do it could she be the sort of christian that she should she had been held back she knew for years by the feeling that there were too many christians now of a certain kind and that she would only be another of the same sort but since there were experiences which seemed to change one's very nature could not she have such a change as this how did people get it End of chapter 20